eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beer and Howard Griffin. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Howard Griffith. Howard, how about we do this? Let's talk some football today. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, a lot of this off-the-field stuff or really on-the-field or in the tunnel stuff, it's enough of that. I just, everyone's, you know, I think they're heading in the right direction. I know they are. Both institutions are heading in the right direction. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's to the point now where now you got to let, uh, I guess, people smarter than you handle all the details. Well, I mean you, I mean all of us, collectively. All of you. us. Yeah, you know, so this is where everybody sits in there, and I, I, I suppose that, I would like to think that they could just kind of come up with something as is, but I, it'll probably be something s- sweeping that everybody would have to adhere to these new types of rules, which I think is ridiculous. But you know what? It only took one person in McDonald's to spill hot coffee on themselves for them to put the warning labels out there. So there you go. Here's where we are. All right. Last week in the Big Ten. What was, I guess, what was your biggest surprise? Because I, I had one, but I want to hear what you have, have to think first. You, you're, you're the man. You know it all. You're sitting there at Big Ten Central. What was your biggest surprise? To me, one of the things that, that really stood out to me was uh, Penn State, the way they played uh, against Ohio State. To me, um, Ohio State tried to play the game on the perimeter initially, uh, and you just saw just how athletic and, and the speed that, that Penn State possesses on the defensive side. You know, I, I thought it, they would be, the defense would be somewhere in between what we saw versus Michigan, where they were totally dominated uh, to if Ohio State was going to attempt to do that. And I think what you saw was Penn State's defensive line really step up to the challenge. But Ohio State, you know, has some has some issues, I think, as far as being able to run the ball inside or really at the line of scrimmage right now. We've seen them two weeks in a row really struggle running the football so Penn State really playing the way they did, and Ohio State struggling a little bit, was struggling with the run game for two weeks in a row. Yeah, for me, <laughs> for me, the biggest takeaway, somebody at Iowa found out it is legal to score offensive touchdowns. <laughs> and it was a thing of beauty. I just, yeah. I'm sitting there like, 
I'm watching the score, and I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 hold on. Is Iowa scoring touchdowns? Spencer Petras knows it's legal for you to score. Yeah, watching them and, and you know, them beating Northwestern, and maybe Northwestern was the thing that Iowa needed. All right, I'm having fun. In all seriousness. Well, you're right. They are the thing that, that Iowa needed offensively. Unfortunately, man, every year, you don't want to be that get-right team but every year, there's normally a get-right team that allows you to fix a lot of problems. You can make your mistakes, and you can still beat that team. But speaking of which, now we all see this collision course coming with Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah. The two things that really stood out to me is, because when I look at those two teams, Howard, I, I, I separate them from the rest of the Big Ten, and I start looking at them on the national landscape. What do you need to hoist that trophy at the final game? I'm looking at Ohio State, and, and you hit upon it. Howard, I don't know if this is something that Ryan Day just needs to go ahead and say, maybe we should just be a passing team. Because they they have running backs, but they just have problems running the ball. I don't know if that's due to a young offense. I mean, the offensive line. I, I, I don't know, but it's almost frustrating there. Where Ryan Day tries to run the ball, and it's like, man, you got these receivers, but it's like that old school, no, 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 this is the Big Ten, and I got to run the ball. It's like it's not working for you. Yeah. When it gets colder, yeah, you're going to have to run the ball, but it does, is this one of those years where you just throw your hands up and say, I got some of the best receivers in college football, and we're, we're just going to go to the old Big 12, you know, the run and shoot type of offense and just just try to chuck the ball around and score as many points as we can. Man, I hear you. And, and when you look at the athleticism and the, the, the weapons that they have in the tight end room and, you know, obviously at the wide receiver position, they're down one guy. But it, it would tell you that conventional wisdom, throw it around. But I think one of the things that got them into trouble last year, particularly versus Michigan, is just how physical the game ends up being played. And, you know, I don't know exactly what it is. I have a feeling because you're pass protecting more from an offensive line standpoint, you're pass protecting more so you're not – you don't have that hand in the ground moving forward with that road grader mentality. Uh, that when you start to play against some of these physical football teams, when you look at the way Georgia can play and what right. they have up front, when you look at Michigan and what they have up front uh, on both sides of the line of scrimmage, it, it tells you that you've got to be able to control the ball sometimes. You're not going to be able to throw it around. They're going to have some players on the other side yep. that are going to make some plays for you. And, I think one of the things that happens once you get into that 14 playoffs, look, it, it's about scoring 40-plus points a game. That That's really what it comes down to. But to be able to do that, you need to be able to possess the ball. And when you throw it around, you know, you end up second and long, third and long. That's not a great position to be in when you're talking about the elite programs that are out there. Yeah. And I believe I believe Michigan and Ohio State are both in that category. But, but Michigan can run the ball when they want to. Right. They may not have the athleticism at the at the wide receiver position that Ohio State has, but they've got a difference maker at quarterback, just like Ohio State has. But their quarterback at Michigan will pull that thing down and run with it. And oh yeah, he scares defenses. Yeah, because that that was the biggest. I mean, one of the biggest differences because Blake in, in the game against Michigan State. Just talking about the game on the field. Yeah, Blake Corm did everything I expected him to do, and it, it was funny because his first touchdown, he was caught dead to rights. It, mm-hmm. it was that third and goal, and he got caught three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Unfortunately, the guy went high. You can't go high on Blake Corm. 
You can't go too low either because he'll step out of you. I mean, you got to hit him in that sweet spot that a lot of people between the knees and the ankles and just wrap them up. And that's how you stop him. He fell forward all the time. But I thought it was JJ. And I think it was two times where it was third down and he extended the play just by running the ball, picking up a ton of yardage. And it kind of broke the spirit of, of Michigan State. But for Ohio State's running game, it's almost like, Howard, if you could combine Michigan and Ohio State together, you got the yep. best team in the nation because here's the problem with Michigan. Mm-hmm. You can't kick five field goals. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen, I absolutely agree <laughs> with you when it comes down to the field goal side of it, but let's remember Ohio State's been forced to kick field goals as well. I, I guess they have. been in the red zone. But see – but I, Here's my thought, though. Go ahead. Here's my thought, though, on what's happening – with Michigan and and I listen, I don't have any inside knowledge. I, I don't know. I just understand with and listen to to what coaches are saying from the front of the room. You know, to me, you've got three people involved in Michigan's offense right now, right? You've got the two coordinators and Coach Harbaugh, where the play has to be called down. And when you get into those situations, when it when you get into the red zone and that field is condensed, to me, it all comes back to having a rhythm play call, being able to know and have a feel for what's going on. And I'm not saying that it can't be done, but it seems to be very difficult to do if you've got three minds. And, and listen, I know Coach Harbaugh is letting his his assistants and coordinators coordinate, but at the end of the day, on the offensive side, he's going to have the last say. He's going to say, hey, I don't think we should go that way or, or not. But you've got two coordinators, and how that's really divvied out, we don't know because they're not telling us for good reason, and, and that's fair. Right. But I think when they start to get into the red zone and they get condensed, when you you just mentioned it, when you got Blake Quorum, you've got this offensive line, tight ends, and and, and a quarterback that can extend plays. It's yeah. it's kind of tough to imagine why you can't get that done inside the red zone. See, for me, when I look at Ohio State, Ohio State kicks field goals because Ryan Day's stubborn. Because Ryan Day is trying to show I have a running game too. But as the game progresses and it gets too tight, that's when he just says, "You know what, CJ, just go do your thing." And pass the ball around, whereas Michigan, you know, I, I've looked at all of these games, and, you know, it, when they get down to the red zone, I thought Schoonermaker would maybe be a bigger asset to them. I know Eric All's not there, but it, it's almost as if their play calling just becomes just so predictable. And and I looked at that state game. They did something. They ran a little jet sweep shuttle pass, and it yeah. worked. And it's like – you're right. Maybe somebody has to come up and just become – how about I'll just be the the goal line offensive coordinator and come up with some plays because when you go up against the Georgias and all of these other teams, you, you don't beat Georgia kicking field goals. You you, no. you have to score touchdowns. You, you I always say if you kick more than two field goals against top teams, you're not going to win those games. Yeah, well, you're talking about winning championships. And, right. and that's where – really, that's where we've – We've elevated Michigan to to that point now, and, it's, and that's what it's about. And to me, they've got to find the answer. Uh, and, and listen, it, it's it's great that they have all of these red zone uh, challenges, and and I won't call them defeats, but challenges. And they've been forced to kick field goals. Now they at least have tape where they can go back and study and and, and figure it out. But they have to get into you know a rhythm uh, down there and try to make some plays because they they listen. They got too many weapons. They've got. They've got players that once you get inside the, the the red zone or the green zone, depending upon who you want to be, they've got the people that can get it done. Getting all back will, will be a huge asset for them, but they've got to be able to utilize what they have. And they, they've got a difference maker, a quarterback, with, without a doubt in my mind, 
Uh, he can make the throws. He can run it. And he should be a weapon down in the red zone uh, to, to really be able to move that offense. But that's where they got to get to. And that's one, of the, that's one of the issues that they have right now. And, and when you look around at college football, I mean, you look at the top teams, there's not one that is just flawless at, at all. No. I mean, listen, Tennessee, everybody's talking about Tennessee, and I'm one of them as well. And Tennessee's going to score points, and they're playing with tempo, and they're spreading the field. And no one seems to have come up with a, a system to really slow them down. They'll be tested this week, but <laughs> with them. I mean, defensively, they're terrible. Howard, I, all I got to say is if, if Tennessee beats Georgia, save me a piece of cake because I will be the last one to the party because <laughs> I, I, I I have not bought into Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is one of those teams that every year, like it's almost like Texas. Like, oh, they're back. No, they're not. And they're playing well. Hendon Hooker is playing. You know, he's, he's up there as one of the top people for the Heisman, but mm-hmm. – it's just something about Tennessee that causes me hesitation. So this is the game that I'm, I'm I, I think you'll know a lot. I mean, the college football, you know, uh, uh, rankings come out tonight. Right. Honestly, you probably should have Tennessee at number one. They're one of yeah. the, I, I didn't realize this till yesterday. Do you know there's two teams that have beaten, I think, four top 25 teams this year? Tennessee's yeah. one. You know who the other one right. is? Who is it? Texas Christian University, <laughs> TCU, the team yeah. that nobody talks about. I, I think they're going to be the fly in the ointment for anybody thinking, well, I can lose my conference championship game and still make it to the college football playoff. I look at TCU and I look at Clemson and I'm like, yeah, guys, probably not going to happen that way. So you you, you may want to just go out there and win this thing. Howard, I do have a question for you Yep, because you play – on both uh, collegiate and pro level. I hear this a lot. I'm going to ask you because you play. Do teams really hold back plays? Do they really save stuff? Or what you see is what you see? Because you always hear, oh, these teams, you know, when they don't, when they don't score a ton of plays, well, you know they're saving plays. And I'm thinking, well, they were down in this game. I would think that you would use the plays that would help you win do you actually save plays for the end of the season? Well, I, I think this is how it would, how it, when they talk about saving plays, at least in my mind, right? Um, you, you know, there are certain defenses that that plays work well against. And let's say you're going a, a, against Georgia, and I'm just throwing this out here. I'm not saying this is what they do, but say they're they're a predominant three fourteen. Well, you may have a scheme that, that really uh, or offensive plays or run games that really would work better against a 4-3 scheme as opposed to the 3-4. So you may be holding something back. This is not going to be as effective this week. So it's not necessarily that they're holding them back, but maybe they're moving down on the list of plays that you believe that can be the most successful. You always hear quarterbacks and, and offense coordinators talk about uh, listen, we, we've gone through the game plan. I asked my quarterback, give me the, give me your top five or top six pass plays. Give me your top five or six run plays or checks that you want to go to. And, and then the, the quarterback and the offensive coordinator and the head coach presumably will go through those and they'll, they'll rank them. So there's sometimes it plays move down the rankings, and, and that happens all the time. But I think scheme-wise, I, I think sometimes it's kind of hard to hold back plays, particularly if you're doing them well. If you're running the counter – I can see teams that, that may hold off on the counter to the second half and, and not necessarily implement it in the first 
first half of games. There, that happens sometimes. I get that. That makes sense. But yeah, yeah, because you won't give the defense time to adjust at halftime. But Mm -hmm. it's just funny because I always hear, "Oh, you just wait. They got these plays set up for this game." And and when the game comes around, I'm like, guys, I told you they run the same plays. Just you know, I I know. So look at it this way. This is the way I would look. I, I would let's take Michigan for instance. Right. They haven't been running read option as much. But but I know and everybody else knows that thing is coming because of what they have, the athleticism that they have. They're not having to use those plays as much. Let's use let's use Michigan again. Let's go back to last year when people were saying, Well, shoot, they better figure out how to throw the ball. They're not throwing the football. Well, they didn't have to, but once they needed to, they showed the ability to go out and do it. So I don't necessarily say you're holding things back more so than maybe things are moving down the priority list, up or down, depending upon your opponent uh, and and what they may be susceptible for um, from an offense and a defensive standpoint. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate that, Howard. And and I, now I want to jump to the team. You know, you represent, you're a proud alum. <laughs> I, how good... Is Illinois is is I mean, is this a team that could that could potentially maybe upset Michigan or or Ohio State or whoever they have to play in the Big Ten championship game? Yeah, I, I think they have an opportunity, right? When you look at the rosters top to bottom, that would tell you no, but they don't. But they're playing really well. They're taking the football away. They're putting they're putting a great deal of pressure on the quarterbacks from a defensive line. They are moving around, very athletic. Uh, Coach Walters has him playing with a lot of confidence. I think what we're seeing from this Illinois team, and you mentioned adjustments a few minutes ago, uh, they're so well coached that when they come to the sideline, they know what adjustments need to be made, uh, and they're going out and implementing them. So what you'll see sometimes, particularly on first drives, uh, no matter who the, no matter what the game is, you may see the offense have a great deal of success moving the ball down. You're saying, wow, they got a field goal, they got a touchdown. Well, normally, they're, most of the time, they're running plays that may not have been as high. I talked about that priority list mm-hmm. on some, on some, in some other situations. But if you can, and this is where Illinois is having so much success, if you can stop your opponent's plays, their top plays, like their lead, whether it's a lead, whether it's a, a read option play, what, no matter what it is, whatever they decide is the top play uh, from percentages that have been run coming into that game, Illinois feels like if they can stop those, then they can make the necessary adjustments if they're seeing plays that that may not have shown up on game tape as high as a priority. So that's what you're really seeing them seeing what's happening on the defensive side. Offensively, you know, there Chase Brown is playing really well. This is an offensive line that's been together. They're playing at a high level, and Devito is really making a lot of plays for him. And talk about a guy that was buried at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean. Syracuse. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's a great game manager, and, and I know yeah. a lot of people think, oh, well, that's a negative. I'm like, 
No. Man, Tom Brady won Super Bowls being a game manager. Like, if you don't turn the ball over, that's an asset. If I know that every series will end in a kick, whether even if it's a punt, we're not turning the ball over. You give your defense a chance to keep this thing going. I like what he's doing. He he doesn't go out there to try to be the hero. But it's mm-hmm. funny because you talk about the, the, the play calling, and, and I do want to go back to the Michigan-Michigan State game. On the Michigan State side, because they're playing Illinois, we'll preview this a little bit later on in the week. But, Howard, maybe this is me. I, I'm, I get super frustrated when I see it's fourth and inches. <laughs> and you line up either in a shotgun or you turn around and hand the ball off five yards when all you needed was six inches. Am I just overthinking this? Because... Last Saturday was cool because I wasn't at the game. I actually got to sit at home and just be a fan and yell at the TV a whole lot. And that was one of the things where I'm yelling, Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator at Michigan State, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. Just line up because you the bush push is legal. I, 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 help me understand why do coordinators and coaches instead of just lining up for a regular quarterback sneak, you make the simple difficult. You were a running back. Hell, you, maybe you know something I don't. I, I, I think this is what it comes down to. It, it ultimately comes down to the confidence you have uh, in the five big guys that you might have up front. Uh, if you've got the confidence that no matter what the look is that they get, they're going to be able to pick it up and be able to get you that, that yard as you need, um, you're going to make those calls. You're going to make those plays, right? And, and I think that's that's really been one of the issues to me when when – with this Michigan State team, you know, it's it hasn't been consistent up front. And it really wasn't all that consistent last year. It wasn't. Walker <laughs> hid a lot of Howard, a lot of things. Howard, and I you are old enough to understand this reference. And if you not and you're watching this, go talk to your parents or go hit use the Google. Kenneth Walker to me was a lot like Barry Sanders with the Lions. Mm. A lot of that was all Barry. A lot of that was, there was really nothing there. And you're seeing this still in the NFL. Walker is still doing the same type of thing where he's taking a play that probably should have been a two-yard run and taking it for 75 yards. I'm with you because when you see the offensive line, you're thinking to yourself, guys, all summer long you've been in the weight room. You mean to tell me Mm -hmm. you can't push them back six inches to get the first down? But, yeah, you're right. Their offense to me is – you know, r- the running plays are, eh, and and really is Peyton Thorne dropping back and playing a game of 500 with his wide receivers. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's become difficult, right? And all of that stuff wears on an offense, right? Because if you're not able to run the ball, play action, that's going to, you're not running it, play action becomes, you know, it's, it's not available to you, right? <laughs> yeah, play action ends up becoming uh, second and nine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, now all of a sudden your quarterback's under duress. It, this is... This is a game about confidence, right? And, and as a player, if you've got confidence and you know where your checks are going to be, where you need to be, and you believe that you're going to be picked up, and, and again, I don't want people to say that Peyton doesn't have confidence in his offensive line. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. I am just saying that I know as a former no, player. Howard's not saying game, that, but I, I may be saying that. But go ahead, yeah, Howard. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you, you know that uh, – if you can drop back and you feel confident of what's going to happen and you know where that receiver is going to be, 
man, it's a thing of beauty because you watch, this is how Purdue plays the game. Mm-hmm. And I know we're jumping to them, but when when they, when Aiden is feeling good and he's in rhythm, man, he's hard to stop. Right. He's gonna be he's gonna have high completion percentages that game, but he's dropping back or he's, you know, catches the ball, turns, and he's letting that thing go. And we haven't been able to see, you know, Peyton be able to do that this year, all that, all that often. So it's about that confidence. But getting back to your original, you got to be able to line up and believe that you can get the yardage you need. But right now, we saw it last year. We see it again this year. You're seeing backs having to to jump cut, try to spin, get out of get out of tackles. Right. Uh, would be tackles for loss. And, and you know, that's tough on, on the run game if, you're, if that's what you're waiting for, him to be able to make that first guy miss. And it's in, it's in uh, the, your own backfield. Yeah, now, and, and I'm I'm gonna leave you with this. Oh, by the way, I I did promise you and the people <clears throat> going back to yesterday. I'll say this: in this state, <sighs> yeah, Michigan, Michigan State just hits different. And if you're not from the state of Michigan, you really don't understand it. But yeah, it, it is your neighbors flying that flag. It's it's everything. It's it's your coworkers. It's 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 couples, it's relationships, it's in-laws, and the amount of trash talking that goes on. I just wanted to fulfill that because I told people I would yeah. go in a little bit deeper. But I will I want to end this with this because I got to watch every year I try to pick a game or two where I just sit back and there's no media duties. I can put mm-hmm. on my team hoodie and just sit there and root. Howard, where's the last time you just were a fan? Wasn't with the BTN, wasn't with anybody. You were just Howard and you were watching Illinois or you and, and you just got to sit there and just say and do act like a fan and yell at the TV and do that type of stuff. It's been a long time. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think you gotta do it once a year, man, because if not, in my opinion, this job gets stale because you you become so homogenized that. You know, you almost train yourself not to cheer because you know there's there's no cheering in the press box. And it's like, man, you got to cut loose, I think, one time to just let it all out, and then you can go back to just, Howard, you got to try this, man. I yeah. promise hey, you. You know what? It's funny. It's funny you bring that up because I mentioned this yesterday um, with Nicole and Dave on, on, on our show yesterday. And I said, this, I'm, now I'm getting into an area, but it's been a long time. When we talk about Illinois, I have to be cautious that, you know, I'm not a homer for Illinois. I'm, I'm calling it the way I see it. Right? Hey. And, and now I'm getting back. I said, well, I got to spend some time with Joshua. He, his team's been rolling, obviously, at Ohio State. And Nicole Albach is, is a Michigan grad. So, you know, our teams have been rolling as well. But, you know, it's been it's been a long time since Illinois has been in the midst of it. But welcome right. to my world. Yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> Last year, it was... I remember telling people, I I saw, uh, I was up at one of the practices during the summer, and I saw Kenneth Walker running these drills. I didn't know who he was. And I'm like, okay, um, he would do the drill, pick up 15 yards. Every other running back would do the drill, pick up like two, three yards. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking, and, and I was just like, I think it was Darian Harris. And I was just like, either he's really good or your defense is really bad. But my goodness, they're running the same drills, uh-huh. but they just can't tackle him. And I remember telling people, hey, Kenneth Walker, and I and I got called out, are oh, you just being a homer? You're just saying that. And I'm like, all right, you know what? 
I'm just going to put it out there, and you guys are going to see. So welcome to the world where you have to do that delicate balance because you yes. want to prop up your team, but now everybody's going to say, oh, you're just saying that because you graduated right. from there. It's a fun feeling to have because I tell you, being on the other side right now, it's it's not fun at all. Yeah, you know, I've got to go back now, and I've got to start to nitpick, right? It's funny because I watch Joshua do it every week. He's always nitpicking Ohio State. and It's funny because now the fans get on him mm-hmm. <laughs> relentlessly when he, when he has a take that's not favorable to them. But, you know, that's part of it, man. That's the fun of it. But, you know, I'm glad that it's gotten to this point. Uh, Illinois, they're playing really good football, have a chance to win the West, go to um, go to Indy and get a chance to play either. It looks like, obviously, Michigan, uh, Michigan, Ohio State. And, you know, that'll be a fun one, I guess. I, no, Howard, you know what? Now, see, no, no. You being humble right now. I'm going to tell you right here, right now, it's going to hit differently. You've been going to Indy for all of these years, yeah. and Indy has just been a game for the Big Ten champion, but your school has never been a part of it. I promise you, it's going to hit different. When you look out there and you see all those Illinois helmets and you see all those Illinois fans, <clears throat> I'll simply say this, my friend. Take a second, soak it in. Just let it hit you. Be, don't be so TV, Howard, that you don't uh-huh. get a chance to be, you know, Howard that used to hang out back in the on the block, Howard. Yeah. So yeah. you know that's that hey, that's good advice because I'm gonna tell you what, it's hard to get there. And I and, and we've talked about this in previous shows. I, I think the, the east-west thing will, will be going away here pretty soon. At least we'll have it this way for another year, and it'll be be we'll be wondering what it is in, in 2024. So, you know, these teams in the West having an opportunity to get there, they've got to be able to take advantage of it and take advantage of it right now. I mean, think about it like this: it's difficult to get there. If Illinois makes it. And let's say they play Ohio State, you do realize that Illinois and Michigan have made it to the Big Ten Championship the same amount of times. Wow. It's that difficult. So, yeah, what I'm saying, take a minute, man. Enjoy this ride. Enjoy this ride because a lot of times we don't. And then the next thing you know, you're looking at that 10-year reunion video like, Man, I, I wish I would have spent more time enjoying this thing. So exactly right. <laughs> that that was just my thing. Like, hey, when when State went out to the Rose Bowl under Mark D'Antonio, I remember I was going out there and I was just going as a fan. I wasn't going to go. And then my boss at the radio station was like, "Well, you're going anyway, and we're not going to stop you." I'm like, "No, vacation time is already in." And he uh-huh. was like, "Well, how about we get you to work a little bit and we'll get you a credential?" I was like, "I'm only doing this much work." I'm telling I'm you, you right a little now. bit. But I'm going to take it in. <laughs> right. And and I I lived it up. I had on my MSU gear, and then I had to run into the bathroom and switch to look professional for the game. <laughs> but I was at every tailgate. I had green and white head to toe. So I simply say that. Howard, appreciate it. Let's do this again on Thursday. Yeah, uh, for Howard, this is Rico. Hey, thanks for watching the Five Star Zone. Make sure you keep telling your friends. Keep subscribing to this. We will be back on Thursday.